Hey, this is Jason DeVore from Authority Zero, and you're listening to the Sun Solar Panel Podcast. Welcome to the Phoenix Suns Solar Panel Podcast. We do appreciate you joining this midweek episode um, here on the YouTube, or if you are listening to the podcast version. Joining us, as always, Mr. Greg Esposito. Hola. Did you really just mispronounce YouTube by calling it the YouTube? The YouTube? I feel like that's what the cool kids do, right? If, if there's something that's that's well-known, you call it the beforehand. Tim, you're 36 with a million pairs of glasses. You don't know what the cool kids do, all right? <laughs> all right. Yeah, fair, fair, <laughs> fair. Uh, and Mr. Dave King, managing editor, Bright Side of the Sun. Speaking of not knowing what the cool kids know, hello. How's it going, everyone? Uh, so listen, guys, uh, we're going to get into a bunch of things, but before we do so, because I do need to tweet out some links and all that good stuff to make sure people know that they can watch us. Uh, DeAndre Ayton had made a comment saying that the paraphrasing here, but power forward was his uh, natural position. And then Sun's Twitter doing what Sun's Twitter did, got all up in arms about it. And there was some debate and a lot of negativity and a lot of opinions about this little statement that was made. Uh, did you guys happen to have a take? I do. How dare he answer a question that was asked of him? I can't believe he did that at a charity event that he was throwing and was required to talk to the media. How dare he answer Kellen Olson's question? I, I, honestly, the dude answered a question, and in true DeAndre Ayton fashion, uh, he laughed about it a little bit. He said it was his natural position. It's what happened to him in college. Well, he said born and raised. That's different than natural. Okay, okay born and raised. But come on. like He was having fun with it. I don't think he cares where he plays as long as, as, long as he's enjoying playing the game. I didn't read much of anything into it. It wasn't like he said, yes, I demand to play power forward. He was asked about James Jones' comments, and he just rolled with it. I don't have any issue with it, what he said at all. <clears throat> yeah, his first, his first comment was, yeah, I heard the word. I'm all in. You know, like uh, he's, he just goes along. He's a go-along. So as somebody who has – has had a chance to hear DeAndre Aiden answer these questions in person um, over the last year. Uh, he just goes along with stuff. He, he's a fun-loving guy. He, he tries to have fun with whatever he's doing, and that includes doing these interviews where he's just like he has to answer the question. He's not going to stand there and say, what are you talking about, Willis? You know, he's not going to say, James Jones wants me to play power. What? No, I ain't doing that. He is a go-along. He's a sure, why not? But what I want to know is whether he and Monty Williams have talked about it because what really matters is what Monty Williams thinks. Well, Dave, I think you should walk into that first media huddle at, uh, at media day and go to Deandre. Monty was just talking about you playing some point guard this year. What do you think about it? I bet he gives you, I bet he gives you the same answer he gave, gave about power forward. I'm up for whatever. Let's do I this. Bring the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring it up. I'll shoot it, whatever you need. I got some back behind the back passes. I just, I don't think he's going to care really. So a lot of the, a lot of the stuff we hear is, you know, a little tongue in cheek, a little half truth when we hear talk coaches and players talking, because they're not going to tell us everything. They're just not. I don't tell people, I don't know everything. In fact, I don't tell them most anything. Um, and last year, a couple of times, Igor, 
Kokoshkov joked that, oh, sure, when people asked, when's John Drayton going to start taking threes? Because that's key, you know, in the NBA. Of course, you're not a player unless you can make a three-point shot. Um, and so he kept getting asked that question. And a couple of times, Igor finally said, look, man, I told him when he gets 20 rebounds, he can take a three. <laughs> I have a feeling Monty's going to take a different stance with that. And DeAndre mentioned uh, a little bit about stretching out and shooting some threes as well in his comment. I just, it's September. Guys, of course he's going to take a different stance. Uh, uh, Igor was just, he told, he said that he is going to build DeAndre Ayton up from, from scratch as a center. And, you know, he stuck to it, but he didn't make DeAndre Ayton a Carl Anthony Towns center. He made him uh, more of a traditional center his first year because he probably rightly guessed that, gosh, you know what? <clears throat> a 20-year-old playing NBA basketball bigger than almost everybody else on the court, and yet the one guy who's bigger than him is going to be banging on him every single night in the paint. Um, maybe I should make things simple for him. Maybe what? I should make things – and the, thing that, well, the only thing that worries me, only thing that worries me about DeAndre Ayton's comments – because he was fun loving. He's like, yeah, man, I want to grab the rebound. I want to rip and go. I want to I want to bring the ball up. I want to make passes. I want to be more of a playmaker. I want to be a three-point shooter. All the things he was just running off the cuff on, every guy in this country who has ever stepped on a basketball court has wanted to do those things. Why would DeAndre Aiden not want to do those things? The big key is, will Monty Williams put in a, in a position to expect those things? And if so, is that too much? Because then you start being less productive. You start being less effective Is when you think, oh, should I? what should I do with the ball? Because there's so many things I can do. What Igor did was he made DeAndre's job simple, and he took the heat for it. Um, what I, I don't know what Monty Williams is going to do is, is if he's, he's going to make it too complex. I just – I love the – Everybody hammers and pounds the table about positionless basketball, positionless basketball. And then the guy says, I'll play center, power forward, great. And then everybody's like, whoa, 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 he's a center. He can't play any other position. What happened to this whole positionless thing? What do you think about this, Tim? Uh, The people's infatuation, I think, with him playing center comes from the – from not having a viable center for so long, really. And so everybody, you know, there was all this uh, uh, hype around DeAndre Ayton when he was being drafted. The next uh, came Elijah Wan, yada, yada, yada. And I think it just built up in people's head that he's this amazing center. Uh, if you actually look around the NBA right now, there's a lot of centers. There's not really a lot of great power forwards. Uh, right. So if that if he does play better there, great. And even if uh, it was opposite, if he just, if there were more, if there were less centers and more power forwards but he ended up being really effective at the power forward spot you want to put a guy in a position to be as effective as humanly possible so it seems silly and honestly the whole time i watched eight last year i kind of thought plays a little bit like a forward i basketball I mean, why are we trying to pigeonhole him one way or the other why call him a power forward why call him a center why not just call him a basketball player and and cater to his strengths well i couldn't care less if james jones had simply said DeAndre Ayton is the head athletic trainer now. I, I don't care if as long as they <laughs> as long as they win games, it doesn't matter what he does as long as he's helping towards that. 
Hey, speaking of winning games, so we finished up our series comparing the Suns uh, starters versus other teams in the West. Dave put together this really great article on Bright Side of the Sun um, where, you know, you definitely want to go check it out. Uh, we broke down position by position, but where we think the Suns starters, if you break it down by position, do have a, a playoff team, a, a bottom tier playoff team, but a playoff team in the West. And it was amazing to me the reaction uh, that was just, just so vast. Uh, on, on Twitter, people complaining that that wasn't good enough, uh, people calling us homers. Um, it's just really the whole spectrum uh, of comment. I love, it. About I love it. it when another team's fans come after, oh, you're ridiculous for thinking you're, why are you even here? How much better does this make you feel about yourself if you're going to make fun of, you know, what you see on here? This It's just, it's just silly. It's ridiculous. Of course, no, um, jazz fans, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're, no, they're no, just there was a better than. Also, so it's just uh, whatever. Hey, I want to bring up something. Uh, Jorge Rosales mentioned in the chat that the Suns uh, are going to release a new jersey. I think you guys have all seen the orange yeah. uh, stuff that they're teasing. I think you can put two and two together. I'm not he's looking paint. Yep. I'm I'm iffy on uh, on this uniform. I'm just gonna have gonna you tell have you, you seen an early version, Greg? Uh, I have seen a version of this uh, floating around, uh, not not from an inside source, but I have. Uh, I'm uh, I'm on the fence with it. Uh, so, guys, I do want to talk. We have been discussing our fantasy basketball listener league. We do this every year. We've been previewing it here for a couple of weeks. I finally set it up. Um, we're going to open. It's a 14-person team. It is auction style. We are drafting Sunday, October 13th. Um, we're going to open it up to our uh, supporters first. So if you are a supporter of the show, by all means, can hit us up on twitter let me know your email address i will get you invited in um for the fancy basketball listener league again we are drafting on the 13th so we're going to open it up first to supporters and then we'll open it up to uh regular listeners after that so if you're interested let us know on twitter at sun solar panel and i got one other thing that you can do go to signup.sunspodcast.com uh if you fill out a form there we will send you either a uh, sticker or a, a sun's magnet uh, uh, you can check it out uh, creative works on uh, on Instagram uh, hooked us up he said hey I, I don't have a lot to donate but I have uh, uh, you know I do this for a living I'd love to give you some stickers and some magnets to give out to the fans so uh, do that and we'll hook you up why not Greg I really appreciate you being the digital marketer you are uh, putting two CTAs in a row that was um... <laughs> I'm here for yeah, it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Good good on your CTAs, man. Yep. Hey, uh, so we actually, today's content of the episode, we're going to roll through this a little bit quicker because we pissed off so much at the beginning of the episode. Uh, but this was actually brought to us uh, by a listener of the show, and he said that we should each pick three of some of the biggest blunders in Sun's current or former GM history. So let's go ahead. Let's start this off. Uh, and if you're in the YouTube chat and you can think of one right now, let us know, and we'll give you a shout out and mention it on the show. Uh, but Dave, let's start off with you. <laughs> All right, I'll start with the <clears throat> I'll start with the the one that affected me the most. For some reason, it affected me the most emotionally. I don't know why. I usually take these things with a grain of salt. Almost all these transactions I can just roll with. There's been so many of them that we've had to just roll with. 
But the one that really just made me melt down and broke Dave, and people even commented that it broke Dave, was when they just let Channing Fry go after the after the 2013-14 season. He had recovered from his heart issue, taking a year off. He he became he, he came back and he was a difference making player with Goran Dragic. He he and Goran had the highest uh, points per pick and pop. Actually, it's pick and pop, but it was officially pick and roll opportunities. Um, they it was such a great tandem, such a great team, great feeling, 48 wins, all this wonderful stuff. And then they just let Channing Fry walk for a couple million dollars more a year to Orlando. Um, and I just thought that was just egregious. I, was, I, I, I love Lon Babby. I think he's a great person. Um, Ryan McDonough is the GM. Lon Babby is the president. Lon said, look, we put a competitive offer out there and he took a different one. And I just don't, I don't think they really were competitive. And Tanning Fry even mentioned later on that he was very disappointed with how little he heard from the Suns and how little they tried to keep him after such a feel-good story. So he, Tanning Fry is part of the last two playoffish runs for the Phoenix Suns over 10 years. He was here for 09-010 and he was here for 13-14 when the Suns came up just a couple games short. Why would you let that dude walk when it wasn't going to be a break in the bank money? Well, if you remember, I don't think they had originally wanted him to come back. I think they were were it was. Well, until... Don't you think they would learn from their mistakes when he and Goran led the league in points per pick and roll, and they were a pick and roll team? I don't disagree. I'm not disagreeing with you that they made a mistake. I just think that was a weird, tumultuous time between that that front office and Channing Fry. It was just a bizarre, bizarre thing. Um, I do, I do agree with Dave though. That was, that was a, a head scratching on my end as well. Greg, what do you got? I'm gonna go back to, uh, I'm debating too, but I'll go back to the '90s, and when, uh, then I believe it was Brian Colangelo. It may have been, it actually may have How been Cotton Fitzsimmons, <laughs> not as old as you were back then. Uh, yeah. When they dealt. Uh, Dan Majural, Dan Marley, to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Hot Rod Williams. Their continual pursuit of a center cost them one of the best three-point shooters at the time and one of the biggest fan favorites. Uh, and Hot Rod didn't materialize to what they had hoped. And uh, and Dan went on to have all right season in Cleveland and went on to play pretty well for the Miami Heat. Uh, it was kind of the end of that Barkley uh, era as well. That was kind of the death knell there. So that one always has stuck out in my head. And it was from a time where uh, that team and that leadership got praised for a lot of things, but that wasn't one of them. You know, Colangelo's Achilles heel was seven footers, getting anyone to play center uh, for the team effectively. God, he, just, uh, he was so good with all the other positions, but uh, acquiring centers was just god awful. Um, mine's short, but I hope you guys will agree. The, the hiring of Earl Watson. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, that was <laughs> short-sighted official, and bad. The official hire <laughs> or the, or the coup hire, which one? Uh, you know, either way. Just, either uh, way the above, right? He was, he was, oh, he was, he was bad. I couldn't even handle him talking, uh, in the post-game conferences. But, I was like, this guy is a joke. But the worst thing was he was a carbon copy of a mistake they had made years previous when they had Lindsay, Lindsay Hunter, Hunter as, as the interim head coach. So it wasn't, I even... almost, 
I almost brought up uh, Lindsay Hunter, but I went with Earl Watson just because it was a longer tenure, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it, I mean, they yeah. they didn't learn from that at, at all. So are we going to keep going? Or are we, we going to go three for each? Or are we just going three in totality here? No, three for each, okay, right? Okay, good. I have All right, my next one. I got another. I, I'm, I'm up. I agree. I agree with all three of you guys. Um, those were really, really bad. Um, so I'm going to go along that. And you know, it's, it seems like I must have an affinity toward coaches because I'm going to go off uh, Tim's lead. And I'm not going to talk about Lindsey Hunter, but I am going to talk about the fact that they let Alvin Gentry go. They oh. set him up to fail and they just let him go. And it was released as a mutual uh, agreement, but he's joked several times since when he always comes in and talks to the talks to the Suns press when he's in town with his new team. And he always laughs at, oh, yeah, yeah, when they fired me. You know, <laughs> just, um, I thought they set him up to fail and they let him go. And then um, a, a tag team, I'm just going to throw this in here because I don't want to mention as my third one, but also the way they treated Jeff Hornacek and let him go too. So you were complaining about the hired the guys they hired, and I'm complaining about the guys they let go. Fun Alvin Gentry, well, not fun, but interesting Alvin Gentry story. That day that he got fired, most coaches would pack up and get the hell out of the building and, and just leave, right? He walked through the different levels uh, of the office, thanking people for what they did for him there. And it was one of the classiest things I had seen there. And he knew he knew what was coming. He had told a lot of us that uh, <laughs> that he, that he knew Lindsey Hunter was going to stab him in the back, that it was set up that way. Lance was buddies with Lindsey Hunter and and the whole thing was, was set up. He knew it from from word one that year. And he still was classy enough to walk through that building and thank people, people he didn't have to thank, myself included, for for what he uh, for the time he had there. It was classy, classy guy. So, should we start sizing up Monty Williams's least experienced coach? So, Steve Blake is Steve Blake going to be uh, the next guy that? Steve Blake seems too chill. <laughs> Steve Blake seems kind of chill. I don't. I don't see it there. It'll be some guy they hire in the next two years that randomly shows Ricardo up. Ricardo Foix. Maybe it's Ricardo Foix. It's going to be some random guy who just recently retired who winds up in the player development next year that that winds up being the downfall <laughs> for Monty Williams. Better watch out, man. Better uh, watch out, Monty. So I think my next. Uh, this is a, this is another one. I, I'll go with I'll go with this one. I'm, hopefully, my third will still be on the board. I'm going to go with the signing of Isaiah Thomas because oh, that made you really? hated that. Yes, it was really, yeah, I, I guess I, I kind of get it. It ruined the chemistry, but that, that's it, more so, thing. I would I would say the the trading of uh, Isaiah Thomas. That no, why? If you look at the signing of Isaiah Thomas, right? It was analytics gone wrong, okay? And I can tell you, I was sitting in the building. They were touting it as this brilliant analytics move, but you can't make a move solely based on the analytics when you look at the human element and you know it just won't work. You can't put three guys in the same position there and then expect them to be okay with it, especially when one was the, the cornerstone of your franchise and one most improved player and then had to share the backcourt with another guy. And then you throw another guy in there. Like it was, it was set up for failure from word one. And was that contract uh, a value play? Yes. They got Isaiah Thomas at a value contract, 
But there had been rumblings that, that he caused issues with the Kings. He comes here, there's disarray. He goes to the Celtics, they move on from him. Cleveland doesn't want to keep him around. You see a pattern here with Isaiah Thomas? That signing doomed things. And it also was was a sign that they had this false belief after that 48-win season that it was time to go all in rather than figuring out how to build and build a core and doing these things. I think that was the moment that the Ryan McDonough tenure uh, became tenuous and, and, and went downhill because they had bought into their own hype at that point. And we all knew that that 48-win season was fun, but it re- it was fool's gold. And, and they tried to cash in there and caused a giant chemistry problem that they couldn't overcome. That that will stick with me forever. Well, they, the Celtics traded Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie Irving. So when you have a good player and you're going after a better player, you have to give that up. But I do get your point. Uh, <laughs> Let me go and read a couple of the listener comments. By the way, watch on YouTube right now. Why don't you hit that, hit that thumbs up button? It takes a second. It really does help us out with those YouTube algorithms. Um, lets other people know about our show. So <clears throat> I, I'm really surprised that nobody mentioned this yet, but this one comes from Fabio. Uh, drafting Markeith Morris over Kawhi Leonard because Kawhi Leonard was nervous during the interview. We don't even know if he was nervous. He could have worked out in that suit before he sat down with uh with them. He's just a gym rat and he, he worked out and was sweating and Lance Blanks didn't like it. I, the whole you know, Lance I, Blanks yeah. era was should be on this list. You know, I, I, I totally hear where you're coming from, Fabio. I do. But that's really a lot of hindsight involved. Uh, there were 14 teams that passed on Kawhi Leonard that day, not just the Suns, and because he wasn't giving off good vibes in the in the pre-draft. That, so it can be an indictment of the entire draft analysis process that Kawhi Leonard was able to slip. Um, but that, and that happens every year um, uh, to some guys. So I can totally see why you'd be frustrated with that. But, and Marquise Morris didn't turn out great, obviously, but uh, it's, it's tough to say that we should have drafted the future MVP. I'm a, I uh, must've missed where those other 14 teams didn't pick him because he sweat too much. Brian well, didn't pick him for some reason. It's true. Well, Kawhi Leonard also at the time was just not nearly as gifted offensively as he is now. Um, Fair enough. You, it's you, it's hard to measure work ethic, I think, sometimes. Brian, he said, uh, do, 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 uh, no, I'm sorry, not Brian. Uh, David McDevitt said, not re-signing Joe Johnson is the only answer. Oh, well, that, oh, that's true. That's I mean, a very good answer. Very, but, very good. But to be fair... That really wasn't the general manager that did that. That was, that if was we're Sarver. talking GM decisions, that was a whole a full-fledged Sarver. They got Sarvered on that one. Yeah. I, and I don't know if Jeremiah is joking or not by saying uh, burning bridges with the Morris twins. I feel like eh, it's all right. We shouldn't have had him in the first place. I <laughs> to burn a bridge yeah, with. I, I have no problem with burning bridges with those two. So my next one is signing Brandon Knight to a five-year, $70 million contract. At the time, $70 million was a lot more. Uh, it's hurt the Suns for a long time. You know, they finally got Tyler Johnson out of it. But at the same time, that has uh, just really hurt the books. That's sad. <laughs> they got Tyler Johnson out of it. But you know what? Getting Tyler Johnson out of it at the end of this is actually – 
you know, it's 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 a guy that can play. He's uh, more functional. Yes, he's, he's more functional. He's he's a, a much better player than Ryan Anderson uh, was at this point in his career, or really even for a long time. So you know, he is a, a player that you can run out there. So that's good. But um, that really did handicap the Suns. You, for a while. you know what? I love how I, I love how Shams uh, tweeted on Wednesday uh, today when we we're filming this. Is um, he tweeted that. Ryan Anderson has agreed to a significantly partially guaranteed contract with the Houston Rockets. And I've never heard that put together before significantly partially. I mean, there's been a ton of contracts in the past that are very, very little guaranteed. Uh, that's a nice, interesting way to put it. They um, offered so him 12 bucks to show up to training camp. Yeah. It's, it's the training camp per diem. Hey, <laughs> uh, you know, I've, if, if they hadn't signed Isaiah Thomas, they never would have gotten Brandon Knight, so I, <laughs> just saying. I think they, I think they would have found a way to piss off Goran Dragic <laughs> anyway. That's my number three is is souring that entire relationship and forcing him to become a guy he didn't know, uh, which was a guy who came back from vacation on a nine day All Star break that we'll never see again, um, and he had ta- been talked into insisting on a trade. Yeah, um, and that just. To this day, that one irks me that they ruined that whole relationship doing that. Uh, my my next one is Sean Marion for Shaq. All right. Shaq had an all right year and a half in Phoenix. I, I got the allure of it. But what upsets me more is there there was probably a better deal that they could have had involving Kevin Garnett. But I believe, if I remember the story correctly that was told to me Sean Marion refused to go to Minnesota so yes. they they could have had Kevin Garnett the Celtics never get him Kevin Garnett plays with the seven seconds or less Suns. NBA history changes but because Sean Marion was a pissant about it he didn't didn't go to Minnesota so then this whole Miami thing happens you know, well, I had heard I had heard that it was Boston he wouldn't go to because he was supposed to be rerouted to Boston well, uh, um, but still same thing Greg it's yes it was Sean Marion who scuttled the Suns' possible acquisition for Kevin Garnett. And he went in, and remember he came into that whole season, that whole season uh, with Kerr going, look, I need a max contract extension. I'm tired of being the third best guy. I wonder what it would like to be the best player on a team. I, I've, I've, I've been stuck with, you know, not being the best player on this team for so long. Those are tough things to deal with, you know. <laughs> I've team. been stuck with playing with Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. <laughs> Poor me. We've won the uh, some of the most yeah. the, the most games in seasons in the NBA over this time frame, but I wasn't considered a number one. Poor me. That that to this day will frustrate me. And then the, another side one that a lot of people don't know. Apparently, the Suns. Uh, had basically acquired T-Mac at one point, Tracy McGrady. They had even photoshopped images of him in the uniform, everything. Everything was almost done, and it fell apart last second. And it's another one of those what-ifs that I wonder about. Uh, Ooh, what could have? That makes me think been. of Antonio McDice, too. Yeah. Um, there you go. Uh, George Hernandez over on the YouTube chat. He said, Louis Skoll and Michael Beasley That's team was Jorge. a pretty That's bad one, That's not George. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably Hernandez. 
Not Hernandez. Well, we're going to go with George on this one. <laughs> hey, George, I agree with you that Luis Scola, Michael Beasley uh, team was awful, and I got a front row seat for it covering that team. Me uh, too. Working that for them. That was awful. That was hey, so bad. I would, I would say the, the, the reason, though, that I didn't bring that up as uh, one of mine was because it only lasted for a season. Oh, it felt like a lifetime. I felt so bad. So uh, I, I, had a, I had that um, – uh, that nostalgia this summer when I was watching uh, Luis Scola in the FIBA, FIBA. See, I'm saying it correctly now. Um, FIBA World Championships, um, and he didn't look the like the same guy. Of course, he's 39 now, but uh, because his hair is all gone, or it's just short, it's not gone. Um, but I remember him just sitting just sullenly at his locker during the 2012-13 season. They won 25 games that year, and and he was just sitting at his locker, just slumped. With his with his carton of to go food from the buffet that was Chinese food probably or something like that, and I'm like, do you have anything to say? You know, is anything anything you want to say about this game? And he's just like, I, I just don't know. I I I can't. I, I would love to give you a better answer. I just I have no idea how we're playing so bad. He he felt like a hostage, but that was in part because <laughs> didn't he fall on that weird rule where the uh, the Rockets bought kind of. Uh, that was that weird one-time yeah, exemption yeah, rule, right. and then the Suns credit for having the cap space to claim him on on something. Yes, exactly. It's, so he came here against his will, basically. Yes, and it showed. By the way, I, another great one from Shad Ingra Am, uh, uh, or Chad Ingram, Ingram. however you want to pronounce it. Chad Ingram. He says Kyrie for Joe uh, for. Uh, Josh Jackson. Yeah, I that. disagree. I disagree uh, with this still. I uh, did not think Kyrie was going to be a good fit. I do not think Kyrie is a winning player. I don't think that we would have DeAndre Ayton if we would have had Kyrie. Uh, I, I just, I will never agree with that. I understand why people would rather have Kyrie Irving than Josh Jackson. I get it. I still didn't fucking want Kyrie Irving. I'm just... It is still an example of really bad talent, man, talent um, evaluation, though. Um, especially bad on the Suns' part. I actually still a lot that. of people were really high on Josh Jackson. Like, let's not rewrite All of history. Us I here. Mean, yeah. Well, no, I no no. I specifically actually wanted them to uh, take Tatum or Fox. It was uh, you guys that were oh sure more so on the whatever. Uh, it's fine if you don't remember it that way. I don't. But I think there's recordings oh, of it that we could go back to. Uh, please do. <laughs> um, it, it it a lot of people were really high on Josh Jackson. Hey, I, I was. Mean, I had him number one on my perfect fits next to Devin Booker. I mean, also, this is what happens when you have no player development. This right. is true. Tim, I I'm, I agree with you. I, I still wouldn't have, have made that move, uh, even even in hindsight, because we you're you're 100% right. They wouldn't have had DeAndre Ayton. They w- probably wouldn't have made the playoffs with Kyrie. So then all you've accomplished is picking 12th, 13th uh, in the draft and, and not being a playoff team. Uh, and and I had high hopes for for Josh Jackson at the time. Uh, in hindsight, yeah, it sucks that he didn't work out. But Kyrie wouldn't have been in Phoenix. He would have left. <clears throat> I mean, heck, he he left Boston, uh, a situation where he was making the playoffs to go to Brooklyn. You really think he wouldn't have left Phoenix? And and yeah. it it wouldn't have been a long. Right, he left solution. Phoenix after a year. And for those people who are bristling at the DeAndre Ayton, we wouldn't have DeAndre Ayton. Well, wouldn't have any of the top five guys from that draft. The Kyrie would have made right. the Suns good enough to be outside the 
the realm of the best players. So if you were a Luka fan, a Trey fan, a Jaron Jackson fan, none of those dudes would be in Phoenix right now if Kyrie had been acquired. And then Kyrie would have left after a year. So not only do the Suns not get a top five player that year, they would have not had a point guard just like they ended up. Uh, and then the last one before we wrap this episode up, because we went a little bit long on it, uh, not as big of a deal as some of the other ones that we've mentioned here, but as well as some of the listeners here and uh, viewers on the YouTube chat, but trading uh, Bogdanovich uh, to the Kings for Marquise Chris. Yeah. Also trading away Kurt Thomas. That's another big one. Yeah. I, the Kirk Thomas one will always be a huge what if because they gave away draft picks to do it too. It wasn't. And I don't even care about the draft picks. Just giving him away, like they needed his defense in the middle. Well, but the and argument they could have done. They could have been better in 08. But they had no. They, they lost those years. picks, and and they they didn't have young guys to build around years later too. So it, it was a double whammy yeah. uh, in that way. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I, I that one that one was tough. There's there's all sorts of uh, it's littered <laughs> with bad moves. But I mean, so I think that's any franchise. With the fewest wins in the last four years in the league. Okay, Nate Nate on the chat just said the worst move was deciding not to pay Amari. Sure, his knees gave out on him after a year or two in New York. I just wish the Suns would have extended their wi- window. I never will disagree with the w- with the idea of moving on from Amari. It's what they did with the money that they that right. they didn't spend on Amari that was the problem. When you signed Josh Childress, Hidu Turkoglu, and Hakeem Warwick instead of signing re-signing Amari Stoudemire, that's the problem. The Suns knew that Amari Stoudemire's knees were going to explode. They, 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 were, they were aware that, that that was a ticking time bomb and he was going to be done. So they would have been saddled with a max contract for, for him or a $100 million contract for him. Uh, so so I, don't, I don't think I, that one bothers me. What they did after not signing him is what bothers me the most. <clears throat> yep. Uh, so a reminder, our fantasy basketball draft starts on October 13th. We're opening this up first to supporters of the show. So if you are a supporter, please hit us up on Twitter at Sun Solar Panel. Also, a shout out to Joe Burgers, who gave us the idea for the midweek. If you guys do have any ideas for a midweek episode content you would like on the show, you can tweet at any of us. Uh, better to do it to myself because these other two guys forget everything um, and they also get a lot more tweets than I do. So, uh, you know, you can just let us know anytime uh, and we'll make sure to get that it'll content be, up. It'll be Tim's only tweet in his, in his mailbox. So, you know, his little, his little tweet box. Yeah. So, I make, mean, I'm, make I'm guaranteed feel to see special. it. <laughs> right. Uh, guaranteed to see it. Uh, Joe, but thank you. a really great topic. This was fun going over the GM blenders. And then, uh, Dave, you wrote the content for this coming Saturday. Where are we talking about on Saturday again? Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Case in point, Dave wrote it and can't remember it. What did I say? (laughs) We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff that Dave suggested. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it's the the, uh, uh, training camp and media day preview. Yes. So um, Saturday will be two days before the annual Suns media day. I thought we'd have a good time talking about What's the most likely ridiculous thing that'll happen on media day, the news that'll come out or who's, you know, just, just stupid things that'll be said, the tropes that the players and the coaches will all have practiced together. And then what surprise we'll get that nobody expected to coming. Those kind of topics, that's what I want to go through on Saturday. Okay. Us predicting the craziness of media day and training camp. 
I'm disappointed that we're not going to talk about uh, Kelly Oubre's dogs being held hostage by his ex. I thought that was a good hour-long discussion we could have had. So, Well, that'll be a question I'll ask on media day. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Will we, uh, someone's saying, will we be uh, at the open practice? Dave might be. I will be. I'll be at the open practice. I'll be at media day. And I might even, I'm planning on going up to training camp one day next week as well. I'm not sure they'll let me in. The, my my picture's on the wall there for security to say, stop this gentleman if he comes in. So. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, on that note, it was fun. Thank you so much for potting with us as always. Thank you everybody who joined us for the YouTube viewing of it live. Remember, we do this every single Saturday at 7 a.m. Arizona time, Wednesdays at uh, 7 p.m. Arizona time as well. So you can always get at us on Twitter at Sun Solar Panel if you're looking for a link to that. And we will see you guys again on Saturday. Thank <sniffs> you.